Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available in both the public and private sector. And we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world. We'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home. This is Military Mom Talk Radio and here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd. And, Robin, we've got a really interesting show today because mm-hmm. we're going to be welcoming on Rosalind Cicada. And she is um, she's an expert in high-conflict divorce. And, you know, as everybody knows, I'm going through the high-conflict divorce. But, you know, more than me getting my free therapy hour, I think it's really important for uh, military families to hear what we have to say today because so many uh, military divorces do fall under the guise of high conflict. And the studies out there today, Rob, are really conflicting because, you know, in in 2012, the Pentagon released its annual updated military divorce rate statistics. And, you know, they're like three and a half percent across this, five and a half percent for this. And then it was down from 2011. But the thing is, it's like when you look really carefully at these statistics, you know, some these statistics don't include every state. Like the civilian rate that they were comparing it to isn't calculated the same way, and it doesn't include every state. So if you, like, don't include, like, I don't know, Texas, (laughs) a huge military population, you're going to get skewed answers. Um, But, you know, whatever the statistic is, the fact of the matter is – Marriage in the military is very difficult, much more than I think marriage in civilian life. And, you know, I look at my U.S. military personnel, friends and family, and, you know, the divorce rate is through the roof. I'm the first one to get divorced in my family other than my cousin Kevin, who paved the way for me. But, you know, that's atypical in today's society. And when you look at these um, military things, I read a statistic, and again, it's a statistic, so we can take it for what it's worth. But the average career military um, man will be married 2.4 times. I don't know how you do the (laughs) 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 2.4. Have only a four tenths of a marriage. Um, But that's pretty interesting. It is pretty interesting. And I think what's um, challenging is to help the the um, spouses, but help the the uh, military personnel too, because they are obligated through the rest of their their term of service. So sometimes that presents a difficulty in itself. It's not that they can comply with either meeting with therapists or meeting with coaches or meeting with whomever they need to, whereas you might have to go to different court dates or different whatever. I think it's even more challenging when you're still in the military and you might not be able to go to that court date or you might not be able to go to the 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 therapist that might have been suggested by the court or the judge. I can't do any of that. And when 
especially yeah. when it's a, a military wife, you know, a, yeah. a, a, w- a woman that serves, you know, she might have to go back to court after she's back from deployment yeah. to get her kids returned to her. Right. You, you know, it's like, there's so many, there's just so many difficult, uh, scenarios painted for the military family. Um, you know, and there's some statistics out there and again, you know, there's statistics, but, um, the breakup rates of women enlisted in the military, like mm. that's the demographic hit worst. And, mm-hmm. you know, one in 25 marriages, uh, split up in 2011, you know, and then you look at when the women are serving, you know, the results are even higher. And that's not something we've had historically in other wars. Cause we haven't had that many women serving. I was just going to say the proportion of women, uh, serving is, is much higher now. So, well, yeah, they're one in five, mm. so mm-hmm. one in five service members today are female. And so when you look at the, you know, in traditional conflicts or traditional wars, we haven't had mom going off to war. We haven't had our wife going off to war. And granted, they're not seeing combat, but they're participating overseas. So they're not home with the family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, these are things that we haven't really explored as a culture before, because we've never had that in this country. You know, Israel's had it because they have women serving, you know, for, for I don't know, 25, 30 years now, a significant mm-hmm. amount of them. But we don't have that as a country. We don't have that as a culture. So we don't have a paradigm for which to follow for what happens to these military families where mom goes to war. That's right. That's right. And how challenging it is for the children. And I think our guest does uh, focus a lot on how to deal with the stress that your children are under. Because um, as as many of us know, not only are the the two people involved in the relationship um, at risk, but then there are children who are also a very... um, very vulnerable and very uh, have a difficult time processing through this change in their in their life journey. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's different if mom goes to. You know, I've got a, a mom on my street who served in, you know, the first Gulf War, and she had a toddler. You know, and that's very mm. different than mm-hmm. you know now when she you know she's a reservist, so she goes away. But you know, she's got you know two teenage kids and a and a I don't know an eight year old something like that. But you know, there's all these different developmental issues of that course. come mm. to play with respect to mom being gone. Right. Right. Even if the family stays intact, there still is, <laughs> there's still so many, many challenges. And, and that's where I'm so glad that we have opportunities like our show and, and many other resources that, that are out there because 20 years ago, families didn't have these kinds of resources. So it's, it, we're, at least we're, uh, in a more positive, um, environment to be able to provide more resources. And that's, very key in helping families move forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Mm. you know, and it's just, there are so many moving parts in the military family. Like I think of this one down the street from me, you know, with this, you know, a wide range of kids, then her mom and dad live with them so that when she's deployed or she's, you know, on service, then she can be, you know, 
her husband can go to work and then he's a reservist. So, you know, it's just crazy to watch like who is in the household at that time running the ship. Yeah, it really is. It's so difficult. And I think even uh, families who aren't in the military have some, some juggling to do, too. It's, it is always difficult. Um, you have an event coming up, don't you? I just wanted to make sure we gave a little plug to your, to your event. Oh, yeah. We have our toys, our annual Toys for Todd event. I'm, I've stopped counting. I yeah. tend to do it with my birthday where it's like my, you know, 10th exactly. annual 30th birthday party. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's coming up this Sunday, and, you know, we expect to have a couple of hundred people out to my ranch and dropping off toys and delivering toys. And I want to thank uh, David Michael Latt, who's the producer of Sharknado, because I saw on Facebook he put up some things that you can get Sharknado items uh, from him in return for donating toys uh, for Toys for Tots. And I want to thank uh, Belen Madrano, who's worked with me for uh, 12 years because she goes around her neighborhood and she collects uh, new toys from birthday parties and different events and that the parents have saved. Um, And Kim Little, another one who's helping me with the drive this year. It's amazing when we all get together, we can end up with like a thousand toys. Isn't that fabulous? And year after year, you have done uh, a remarkable job. And it, it is the time of year, so. I think everyone is looking for those opportunities to be able to reach out and share when they are able to. And I think that that's wonderful. Yeah. It is, and it's a great way, you know, to get together, and it's a great way to unload the toys and books that your kids are not using or not playing with, and it's really mm-hmm. fun, and we're going to actually, my party's on December 7th, so, you know, we're going to have a little presentation about what December 7th is to the kids, and we've got some sure. veterans that are going to be here to talk about that time. We're going to have a Chozon Reservoir survivor with us, so it's always fun, you know, because people bring their parents out of the woodwork going, hey, you know, my dad was this, or my mom. Um, you know, did that. And, you know, we've got a World War II nurse. So it's really exciting. Oh, how exciting. Now, Sandra, uh, we've, we've only got a few minutes before the break, but when there are families who are in need of the services uh, from Toys R Tots, is there a place where they could contact so that they might be able to be on the reci- receiving end of well, the these receiving efforts? End- yeah, the receiving end is done through different charities. So you can go to your church or your hospital or the school. A lot of different places have programs for uh, receiving toys. And you kind of need to be on the recipient list in November um, because the charities need to sign up for things in November. Mm-hmm. And then we get our list for fulfillment in December. So. Um, you know, check with your church, check with your school, check with different organizations. Um, but you don't go directly to Toys for Tots for this. You go to the different service organizations. I see. Okay, that's interesting. And I, I honestly did not know. Uh, I know our town family services does an awful lot, but we don't get things from Toys for Tots. We get things from you know our local our local donations. So our and our Salvation Army is a tremendous source of uh, for our particular community. So. Well, and all it takes is one person to set up a Toys for Tots donation location, and those toys go to your service area. It's not like we ship them around the country, you know, to different areas, but your local toys will go to your local service area. 
That's really nice to know that. Yeah. Um, I, I always like knowing that whatever contributions are made, um, that they stay right in the area. I know that CBS just had um, an article recently talking about um, charity navigators because there are an awful lot of charities that people might question. So there are resources to go to. But I think when you're talking about your local area, it's really important to kind of just help those that are right down the street and instead of maybe um, a little bit further because that's that's really an assurance that your your efforts are, are put to very good use. After the break, we're going to meet Rosalind Sadaka. She is a divorce and parenting coach. She is recognized as the voice of child-centered divorce. She's the founder of the Child-Centered Divorce Network, which provides valuable resources for parents who are facing or moving through or transitioning after a divorce. She's also a noted author, and uh, we are so pleased that she is going to join us today. Um, Her website Websites. Uh, She has a number of websites, so we're going to give them all on the other side of the break. So do stay tuned. We're going to meet Rosalind after the break. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. We often ask, is that all there is? Why is this happening to me? Why am I always broke? How am I going to survive this mess? Then join Dr. Geraldine Tegeloff for Nature Spirits Speak, 7 p.m. Tuesday evenings on toginet.com. Geraldine is a metaphysician, nature intuitive, and prosperity coach who shares with you how she went from totally broke to living what she would call her perfectly prosperous life. Through the combination of a wealth of metaphysical knowledge and her amazing ability as an intuitive, Geraldine brings to you the secrets of her magical journey of healing emotionally, spiritually, and financially. As with the ancient seers and master teachers, Geraldine has a unique gift of being able to connect to the simple yet profound messages brought to us by Mother Nature and happily shares these through today's note to self on her webpage, naturespiritspeak.com. If you need help with your journey, why not connect with Geraldine during her show, Nature Spirit Speak, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. This is Buzz Local Radio. We have three topics here, and we just added a fourth to start talking about hot dogs. He's in a band. We both had guitars, so I went over to his house Christmas Day that so day. We had to start a band. And uh, I think we wrote four or five that songs feeling. that afternoon. And Cannibalistic Fish was one of them. Cannibalistic Fish. I couldn't do the dreads. My mom would not let me wear my pants backwards to school either. That was wiggity, 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 wiggity. (laughs) Buzz Local Radio. Available for free download on toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T dot com. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a statue. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. 
covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we have got a great, uh, we've got a great guest today. We've got a tough topic to talk about, military divorce, um, and since this is Military Mom Talk Radio, we want to talk about, you know, with respect to the children, but also with respect to, um, you know, handling the high-conflict divorce, because, you know, let's be honest, there's a lot of type A high-conflict people that choose the military as a profession. <laughs> you know, they're not choosing knitting or, you know, scrapbooking. Um, they got that go, go, go mentality and that win-at-all-cost mentality, which we really want in a soldier or an airman or a Marine, but that doesn't always translate too well in a um, in a personal relationship, and I can tell you, I've butted heads big time with a military commander that I've dated over the years because he's he's used to being the smartest man in the room. He's used to being in charge. He's going to tell me what to do, and I'm like, oh no, you're not. You might be the commander in the you know front room, but in the back room, it's all me, baby. I'm the commander of this ship. So you get those conflicts right there, and then throw in kids and throw in divorce, and you know you really get um, an exciting. Uh, <laughs> exciting relationship, but a very, very not so exciting divorce. So I'm really excited to bring uh, Rosalind Sadaka to the airwaves today, Rob, because she's going to help demystify things. And I'm going to use this as my personal therapy hour because I am the prototype for many women listening today uh, with respect to high conflict divorce. Welcome, Rosalind. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be with you. I'm so glad you're here. I think you're going to demystify some of this high-conflict divorce process for us. But before we do, I'd like you to introduce yourselves, I'm sorry, yourself to our listeners who might not be familiar with you or checked you out before the show. Wonderful. Happy to do that. I'm the founder of the Child-Centered Divorce Network for Parents, and our purpose is to help parents before, during, and long after the divorce process on, this, on behalf of their children. As we all know, children are innocent victims of divorce and they have the hardest time coping and moving on after a divorce situation because their world changes in such dramatic ways. And what we are here to do is to remind parents about the consequences of every decision they make regarding divorce and their children so that they have more insight, they make better decisions, and the kids come out in a better way. I'm also the author of uh, an internationally recognized ebook called How Do I Tell the Kids About the Divorce? A Create a Storybook Guide to Preparing Your Children with Love. And it provides a very unique and very effective way of breaking divorce news to children should anyone um, be in the process of having not done that yet and wanting to um, handle it in the best possible way on behalf of the kids and both parents involved in the divorce process. And we have a lot of other um, courses and trainings available at the website as well as a free ebook, a free newsletter, and lots and lots of advice and articles and information so parents can really take advantage of the resources that are available at childcentereddivorce.com. Hmm. 
Rosalind, I'm wondering where in anybody's uh, process would you likely come in? Do they come to you before they even begin their um, their separation? Do you come in after the divorce has has taken place and you're helping them pick up the pieces, or um, where, or all of the above? It really is all of the above. I personally am a divorce and parenting coach. And so those who want personal access to information, whether they are contemplating divorce, going through the divorce process, or having had the divorce and trying to transition afterwards, I can help them. But people come to the website at any phase and stage, and they stay on. Uh, Many get my weekly newsletter for years and years and years, because the one thing about divorce that we all have to keep in mind is while the divorce ends at some point, the co-parenting after divorce never ends. And whether you're uh, literally co-parenting together or whether you're doing it as a, a single parent entirely alone or any combination, and there are just dozens of variations that we all um, experience, your children are going to be facing the consequences of the divorce for for years and years to come. And you're going to be a formerly divorced parent for, for decades to come. And if you remarry and or develop another significant relationship, you're still going to be parenting those children. And there are many adult children of divorce who are still handling a lot of issues. So people come to Child Centered Divorce Network at, at all kinds of points for advice and insight and better options. And always because they want to put the needs of their kids first and understand that if they don't, then those innocent kids are going to suffer the consequences. Well, and Rosalind Sander here, you know, I agree with you because, you know, I'm obviously year five, you know, in a high conflict divorce and, you know, the needs of the kids change as they grow and, and, you know, as your life changes and as you heal, like, you know, in the very beginning, I was so, you know, I was the one who filed, I filed, you know, against my husband. So, you know, there was all sorts of guilt. I felt about that. Oh, I'm taking the kids away from the dad. Oh, I'm doing this now. He didn't stop dating. So that was, you know, my reason for divorce. You can't continue to date while you're married. And, you know, I make a joke about that, but, but the, the realistic, um, perspective of it is, you know, you're already in emotional turmoil. You know, for me, I was feeling incredible guilt over the decision I was making, even though I knew it would be best for us in the long run. And the thing is, is that I think everybody recognizes divorce sucks for kids. It's awful. It's, you know, one of the worst things parents can throw at a, at a kid or brothers and sisters. But, at some point, you have to kind of make peace with that. But the thing that we need is, and this is what I found with your site and with these things, is we need tools. We need to know what it looks like. We need to know what it tastes like. Because it's one thing to say your kids are going to suffer if your parent badmouths you. But it's a whole different animal that says, you know, when you make a joke or you make an aside or you talk to your kids about something that your wife or husband did unflatteringly 20 years ago, guess what? That's abuse. Guess what? That's hurting your children. Because I think a lot of us, Rosalind, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, we don't look at some of these little things we do that add up, you know, the little bitter comments or the jokes or the, you know, I find I see a lot of things with divorced parents. They'll make a joke about about the other 
ex-parent, ha, 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 it's so funny. But you take a look at the kid's face and you're like, wow, that's not so funny. And, you know, that might be joking might be the way people deal with this stuff. But it's these unintended consequences. And like my thing with divorce is you can't know what you don't know. Yes, and that's very true. Um, what the, the comments you made are very, very valid. We very often are so caught up in the drama of our own situation or in the hurt and the pain, the resentment, the guilt, the frustration, whatever's going on with us, that we kind of lose touch with how it affects kids. And children at different ages are affected differently, at different stages are affected differently. And then, of course, depending so much on the different circumstances that happen to them. But the interesting thing that every parent has to understand is that our attitude and approach to the divorce is going to influence the children more than anything else. It's not divorce per se that harms our kids. It's the way parents approach the divorce that does the damage. And, and sometimes, especially in high-conflict divorces, one parent may not have as much option as they would like because they're dealing with someone who is very difficult. In other cases, both parents fuel one another and create a dynamic that's just creating pain for the children, and they're oblivious. They're, or they pay uh, mouth service to the fact that, oh, yes, we really care about the kids. Oh, I'm so sorry my kid was exposed to, to hearing us fighting, but they don't really change or do anything about it, and they don't really get on a deep visceral level what it's like for children of divorce to go through that experience and, and the pain of being helpless, being young and powerless, and, and the pain of, of having your world change where you're being told from now on it's going to be this way or that way and you're going to see this parent for this amount of time and that parent for that amount of time, your, your feeling of helplessness is so deep, it's little wonder that kids will react, and then you have a lot of behavior issues that spring up a, a month, six months, a year, six years later. They're, they're just rooting in there, and um, the, the toxicity of the situation ultimately creates a lot of problems for, for kids if parents aren't addressing things well. Well, and it's funny, Rosalind, because you say about, you know, like when I was listening to you, all I could think of is the same issues that caused my marriage to deteriorate is the same kind of set of issues that I'm dealing with post-divorce. You know, when you're, you're like, you know, you talk about parenting, you've got to put, you know, your kids first. It's got to be a partnership. You've got to communicate. You've got to work out things together. Well, you divorce because of all these things. And I think a lot of us, I know I did, I thought things would get better because we divorced. All I found after that is I had a different set of problems and the added bonus was my kids get to go along for Mr. Toad's riled ride in the first place. So you're really talking about creating solutions to problems that many times cause the divorce in the first place. Yes, there's no doubt about it. Divorce, just like marriage, is not the magical answer to anything. <laughs> and you get into marriages with a lot of naive um, fairy tale thinking, and um, sometimes we we think divorce is going to uh, change things, and and it doesn't. Again, it's all about communication skills 
and learning how to deal and cope with your specific individual partner. But it we, is, we try was, to get to, to those parents so early on in the divorce process when they're thinking about it and really shake them up with understanding how divorce affects kids so that they take their responsibilities more seriously. And sometimes, not always, yeah. one or both parents Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. This is Uncommon Sense for Leaders, a forum for exploring leadership from the intellect, the heart, and the spirit. Whether you're a leader now or aspire to be a leader in the future, you owe it to yourself to learn about the big ideas that have shaped the careers of compelling communicators, masters of influence, and highly effective leaders. Uncommon Sense for Leaders. Tune in to hear thought-provoking ideas on every aspect of leadership. You can expect dynamic discussions with special guests, quick tips you can apply immediately for better results, and the tools you need to take you from where you are to where you want to be as a leader. Are you ready to crack the code for achieving unprecedented results? Then join the host for Uncommon Sense for Leaders, Catherine Carlisi, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the All Business Radio Network. This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success, more stability, more happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hi, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are welcoming today Rosalind Sadaka, and she has a great website, a great company, uh, Child-Centered Divorce. It's exactly what it sounds like, Child-Centered Divorce, how to keep your kids in mind and minimize the damage uh, for children in uh, the divorce situation. And, you know, um, Robin and Rosalind, in a perfect world, you know, parents would get along after divorce. Um, But today I really want to talk about the high conflict 
conflict personality. We hear them talk about they're black and white thinkers, they're control freaks, they're high conflict personality, narcissists, narcissistic personality disorder. You know, we see those thrown all over um, the internet. Um, and a lot of difficult personalities end up in the police, in the military, in medical, in legal um and entertainment. You know, we get a lot of people in those those mar target markets end up having a personality that's really difficult to get along with and contributes a lot, I think, to the divorce. Um, when somebody is very difficult to get along with and it's my way or the highway or they're commanders and they're used to commanding their troops and they come home and command your home, when you divorce that person, I think it adds another layer on top of all the problems that are already there when you put your hand up and say, no, I've had enough. I'm not going to do this anymore. Can you comment on that? Yeah, there's no, no doubt about it that those are the most difficult type of personalities, and they definitely tend to congregate in, in certain professions more than others. And we know when we're in relationships and marriages with people like that, that, that very often before the divorce, we know that we're in for a lot of drama because of that. So we have to keep in mind the the buttons that regularly have been pushed during the marriage and understand that we have some control over how we communicate and and deal with the the divorce issue but not all the the control and so we we just have to use our best skills and it's very advantageous to see a therapist and get some coaching or a divorce coach, get some coaching in advance so that you know what your options are with the particular person you're dealing with. One thing that's very important is to choose your battles. Divorce is filled with day-to-day, week-to-week issues regarding kids, and a lot of them are just the normal parenting issues that come up. Homework, school, discipline for behavior problems, and, and the routine things that all parents deal with. It just gets more complicated when you're divorced if you're co-parenting and, and have to communicate with one another. So you want to be as autonomous as you can be when you're dealing with a difficult personality. And when you do communicate, make it as effective as possible by choosing your battles and also make sure that you're always attacking the problem and not the parent. You don't want to put a difficult parent on the defensive. And sometimes it's tempting because we're just so angry that we also we know the buttons to push and we know ways of, of getting them riled up. We obviously want to be avoiding that and, and doing the opposite and keeping your boundaries in some families, you have two separate divorce realities. So when the kids are in mom's house, life is one way, and in dad's house, the rules are different, and it's another way. And the kids learn to adapt, and, and they will. In other homes, moms and dads can talk more and try to keep a consistency, which is always better for the kids. One tool that I highly recommend is using one of the online a scheduling tools that are available now. Uh, for example, one is coparently.com. And these tools let you put down every detail of what's going on in, in the child's life um, in, in a scheduling format so that questions about 
who's picking them up from school or soccer practice or, or what's happening and who gets them on what holiday and who's, who's buying the new hat for them and, and taking them to the doctor and all of the things that come up are online in this scheduling tool. So there, it diffuses conflict because there are fewer questions to ask. And they are also open for professionals to peek in and look over your shoulder, which keeps the communication on a higher level. Knowing that uh, an attorney, a mediator, a therapist, a judge, anyone can be looking at how you communicate with one another um, keeps it a little cleaner. And so it's a good habit for both parents to use tools like this because it eliminates the opportunity for miscommunication saying, I thought you were doing this, you told me it was 15 minutes later, blah, blah, and on and on. And, well, and Rosalind, I want to jump in there because, you know, I want to talk about these systems because I use them personally. I happen to use our family wizard. There's a bunch of them out there. But what they do, and I'm just going to speak to the, the people listening today uh, on a user-based standpoint. There's nobody to tell you you didn't give them the report card. There's nobody that didn't show you the permission slip that you signed or they signed or they need to sign. There's so much that goes back and forth way beyond just, you know, 15 minutes late. You were supposed to pick them up. I was supposed to pick them up. When you get in a high conflict divorce, a lot of times your partner wants to set you up to fail. I've been sent to the wrong baseball field. I've been given wrong baseball times. Now you just put the soccer schedule up. You put the baseball schedule up. You put it clear in there. There's nobody calling you like the ring tree where they call you and leave a message at your office at eight o'clock at night when you could be reached on your cell phone and you're not going to get that message till you go into the office at nine o'clock the next morning. You know, when you deal with high conflict personality people they're strategic they're used to you know defying the opposition and you can clear up a lot of this nonsense that drives you bananas and drives your kids nuts by saying um you know put it in the family wizard put it in i need these items back from your house you know we had these things rosalind i used to call them sock wars and clothes would go over to the dad's house the socks would never come home or one sock would come home and and you know stupid things like this that add on top of everything else and you can't go to the lawyer and say i'm not getting the socks returned i paid one time 87 dollars in a calendar year for socks which is a lot of money for socks and they're just games they're games that spouses play with each other or ex-spouses and when you start putting it up in one of these systems and they run in run in range from like 50 bucks a year to 200 dollars a year the one i spend is the best 99 dollars i will ever spend because i can put things up there i can call a spade a spade you can't tell me I didn't tell you. They even timestamp when the other party opens it. So they can't say, I never got it. It got lost in the mail. It got in my spam box. You know, all these garbage things that if you're dealing with this stuff out there, you know what I'm talking about. You can minimize 90% of this stuff just by using one of these systems where it's the level playing field. The other thing that, Rosal, I just wanted to go back for a second because I want to talk to you about finding the right therapist for the high conflict divorce because the first therapist I had she was not skilled in handling the high conflict divorce 
uh, person. So she told me, oh, you've got to talk to him. You've got to give him this information. You've got to open up. Well, all I did was hand him a whole bunch of vulnerabilities that he could use against me later. When I got the new therapist who was a high conflict divorce specialist, she's like, okay, these are how you set boundaries. These are how you ask for these things. These are how you make these changes. You know, what you talked about, minimizing the person's reaction because these high conflict people, they don't want to be told no. They don't want to change. They want you to do what they want you to do that minute and you better jump. So when you're dealing with that kind of personality, you really need an expert like you, Rosalind, because you don't want to be thrown under the bus like I did by a well-meaning therapist. Yes, I, I think that's very true. You want someone who's experienced in coping with high conflict issues because it is a different animal and you're dealing with people who are not acting in a, in a rational way very often because it's about be, not only being right but having to win at the expense of making you the loser. And it's a shame that the entire divorce proceedings is even in the legal battlefield because it, it should really be handled in a more therapeutic environment rather than courts. Divorce isn't about winners and losers because the kids lose when, when parents take that approach. But the reality is that, that when you're dealing with someone who has that mindset, then you have to play the game in, in the only way you can. So you have to play hardball when you have to. But do pick your battles. Every incident isn't equally important. And you have to remember that you will never change this person. You're not there to change them. That's part of why you, you're out of the marriage. But your, your children are dealing with them. And so they need to learn skills and understand also what triggers someone who is very volatile to sort of lose it. And it, it's good for them to understand some basics of communication skills where you're talking about hearing and validating what, what the other person is saying, even if you don't agree. Sometimes that, by starting that way and saying, I understand what you're, what you're saying is, and just repeating what their issue is, will diffuse the tension a little bit more so that you can get something meaningful discussed or done or accomplished in some way rather than just immediately jumping in and saying, well, you want this, but I want that. That but immediately starts the, the tension. What, what you want to do is diffuse the t tension when you can and then stand up and have very strong boundaries for what is and isn't a allowable for yourself and for the kids. And I like a lot of the things that you say, Sandra, in um, your article about coping with... Um, high conflict divorce, because you still take the high road when, when the kids are coming back and they're creating, uh, asking you about things, and, and dad said this and, and dad said that, and, and going back, rather than buying into it and rather than accelerating that issue and putting pressure on the kids, you're, you're diffusing it by, by laughing it off or giving a very clear answer for a minute or two and then moving on and changing the discussion because the kids are the ones who are absorbing all of this and they're looking to mom and dad to see how to react. If mom isn't reacting or dad isn't reacting in, in an intense way and saying, oh my God, this is the worst thing that, 
they could have said, this is the worst thing that ever happened to us. Then Rosalind, they- we're going to go out for another break. Uh, we'll pick up on this just on the other side of the break. I want to let everyone know we're speaking today with Rosalind Sadaka. She is a divorce and parenting coach. She also has a lot of information on the Divorce View talk airing weekly at divorceview.com. Her books also are available at childcentereddivorce.com. Be back in a moment. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. This is God in Country. The Collision of Faith and Politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, This ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. This is the TokiNet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on TokiNet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. We'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Help us out. Put your name at the top of his list and a statue. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. 
Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we're visiting with Rosalind Sadaka of Child Centered Divorce, and we're talking about the high-conflict divorce. That's the divorce with someone who is a difficult personality. You can call them a narcissist. You can call them a jerk. You can call them a whole lot of things, but if you are in this situation, you're going to know it. It's not like it's uh, any mystery uh, if you're one of these high-conflict divorce people. One of the things, Rosalind, that you mentioned was you talked about a blog post that I wrote, um, which really angered my ex-husband. Um, I wrote a thing about bad mouthing and, you know, bad mouthing is one of those things that a parent can do to your kids to really get under your skin. Cause they know they're going to come back, especially to mom and tell mom what dad said and, and, or, you know, they'll, they'll tell dad what mom said. It's a really cheap shot uh, at your partner, but it causes really, really detrimental effects to your kids. And if you're on the receiving end of this stuff, um, Rosalind, I found, you know, sitting in these group therapies, sitting in these different uh, organizations that I'm part of, when you've got a high conflict divorce, you've got a parent that needs to learn to stand up and set boundaries, maybe for the first time in their life. And then you've got kind of a bully on the other end who really doesn't think about anything other than taking you down, taking that partner down, winning, you called it, you know, winning at all costs. And they really don't see the collateral damage that's done to the kids. And we're talking about this article I wrote because if you teach your kid how to handle a bully, because that's really what these high conflict parents are, you're teaching them lessons to last a lifetime. Rosalind, when I first got divorced, I was so felt so guilty and so upset. But then I realized divorce can also be a great platform if you use it for teaching your kids life skills that, yeah, maybe you don't want to have to learn at six years old. You'd rather learn it at 16. But a lot of these conflict resolution techniques techniques will last a lifetime if you and your kids learn them. So it's not like it's a hopeless situation, all is lost, because these high-conflict personalities exist everywhere. Well, there's no doubt, no doubt about it, and, and you're right. Uh, kids can come out of a divorce situation uh, more mature and more capable of coping with life skills. Again, if they're being failing that they're being supported by at least one parent through the process. And and it's feeling the love of the parent that is so, so important for them because they can adapt to a lot of things as long as they are feeling loved and supported. If they're feeling abandoned, then, then your kids are, are feeling lost and that's when they're very prone to get into trouble. So knowing, knowing that you love them and you're there for them gives them the ability to handle things. And one of the greatest lessons they can learn is that change is an inevitable part of life. We, we all tend to say, gee, this is so unfair, and nothing's more unfair than divorce happening to our kids. But when, when kids start to understand that no matter what happens, it's going to change in life. We change grades in school, the seasons change, we change hairstyles. And divorce is a change in the structure of our family, but we still can be a family to whatever degree mom and dad can make it happen. And they will adapt and um, adapt to amazing things as long as they're feeling supported and uh, knowing that, that they're loved. So that's the key thing that we have to be doing. 
And I know that I was riddled with guilt also about my divorce. And that guilt stayed with me for years and years. And when my son, as a young adult, came to me in his early 20s and said, you know, Ma, you and Dad did a really good job with the divorce, that was the point in time when I really felt a sense of, of relief that I had gone through something and, and had something to share. But I was very fortunate in my divorce, and I had a cooperative ex who loved my son enough to realize that we had to keep our battles away from him and let him grow up. When you don't, then you have an extra obstacle, and you have to be very, very protective. But as you were saying, and what I liked so much in the blog where you wrote, is that you, you want to be able to move the kids away from living in the drama 24 hours a day. Life goes on. There's a lot of exciting things happening for you. We want our kids to be kids. We don't want them to be little adults and have to take on the responsibilities and burdens that we're feeling. And so we want to get it off of their shoulders and let them have a life in whatever format is, is most comfortable after the divorce. Well, and Rosalind, it's so important that we talk about this because in a high conflict divorce, you know, you talk about, you know, like change, but the one constant that I feel has been, you know, significant, at least in my experience, is that when you got a high conflict personality, they're probably not going to change. And somebody said this to me, they said, you know what, one parent can make a difference. It was a guy that I met whose parents had a very, very public high conflict divorce, and he's now in his 40s. And he said, you know, my mom was always stable. She never got drawn into this stuff. She was always there for us. And he said, one parent can make a difference, just like kind of one vote will make a difference. So if you know you can't change the high conflict personality person, the thing that I hold on to, and I want the other moms out there or dads in the same situation as me to know this, is that don't ever discount the value of your own stability, of your own ability to make a difference. And when you do get divorced, you're going to get upset. You're going to have grief. You're going to have all these emotions go crazy around the map. And you're going to go, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Well, here, I'm going to tell you what you're supposed to do. You take all that energy and you focus on being the best parent you can be. And I know that sounds, you know, really trite and stupid, but instead of calling up your friends and talking about what's happening and, oh, poor is me, moan, moan, moan you know go out and kick the soccer ball with your kids and spend that energy on family time and spend that energy on pro proving yourself to yourself and whatever you need to learn grow or change you can handle all these emotions and you can put them in the place of you know what I don't care what happens. I'm going to be the best parent I can be. And I'm going to focus my energy on that because when you focus on being the best parent you can be, you put your kids first naturally, you give them the things that they need and you don't have to walk around feeling riddled with indecision and going, Oh my God, what do I do next? I totally agree. And an important piece of that puzzle is understanding your, your position as a role model for your kids. Our kids are watching us 24 hours a day, and they will learn from the role model that you become, how you handle conflict, how you're able to overcome the challenges that, that you're facing as an adult, and they will see that, and they'll see the comparison if their other parent is not acting in a mature, responsible, adult way, they will pick up on that. And don't underestimate your kids for, for seeing that and wanting to choose 
you as the role model that that they want to emulate because you're you're showing them the the high road to take in life the best ways to respond and the way to cope with challenges that are inevitable well and i think there's some more life lessons that come out here with this stuff is when you don't react like i remember one my older son he's 11 and he was like mom what is wrong with you doesn't this make you mad doesn't this make you mad when dad does when when the wife does when when the kids do blah 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 and it's a really good lesson to teach your kids what is yours and what is theirs. And the thing I say in my house all the time, Rosalind, is like, you know what? This is dad's stuff. This is the girlfriend's stuff or this is the wife's stuff now. This is their stuff. This is not my stuff. I answer to myself. I answer to God. I do the best I can every day so I can go to sleep. But I answer to myself and to God first. And you need to, too, because then I think that helps them to not get into that they call it triangulation, but like, you know, who do I listen to, mom or dad, whatever. I always teach my kids, do your head check, your heart check, your gut check, which is, does it sound right in your head? Does it feel right in your heart? And how does it feel in your tummy? If it's wrong, it probably is because kids are pulled between those two different value systems, those two different parents. And if you can teach them to think for themselves, what a great gift to grow up with. It, exactly. And I always remind parents to look for the gift in the divorce for themselves as well. No matter what type of divorce you have, the gift is in the lessons we've learned so that we, we don't repeat them, so that we choose healthier relationships ahead, that we choose to treat ourselves better in the future and boost our own self-confidence. All of those are wonderful traits because our, our kids are watching us as we move on as we transition ahead, as we make different choices. And if they see us choosing healthier partners and relationships, feeling better about ourselves, then that also will influence them in ways much better than any lecture or class could possibly do. So you have to be uh, honoring yourself and really taking care of yourself. Don't let yourself get pulled down in, in the uh, drama of what's going on in your life because how you respond to, to every incident is showing your children ways that you are mastering the challenges in life and moving ahead in, in a respectful and responsible manner. Rosalind, this hour has gone by so quickly, and I know so many listening now have gotten a renewed inspiration and renewed strength because I think so many times there's that self-doubt. We're not quite sure if we can do it, and knowing that there are skills out there and knowing there is a person named Rosalind Sadaka with so many resources for us, we certainly can muster what we need to to make our future uh, more positive for for ourselves and for our children. Rosalind Sadaka, thank you so much. I want people to know her last name is spelled S-E-D-A-C-C-A. You can find her in many places, including childcenteredivorce.com, howtotellthekids.com, and an awful lot of things for you as you begin to move forward in your new life. Rosalind, thank you so very much. Thank you. You want to stay tuned next week. If you've meet, um, missed any of this show, you can find us at militarymomtalkradio.com, as always. Next week, we're looking forward to talking with 
Dr. Jack Steinbeck, as well as Barry Whited. They will join us next week, so I hope you will as well. We're looking forward to talking with them. I do hope you're all well. Have a wonderful week, and stay tuned. We'll talk to you next week.